welcome to the Booze-Filled, Two-Spirit-Filled podcast. Here we talk about life's obstacles, things that cause depression or anxiety, all of life's experiences and how we overcome those things. And we find joy and hope and purpose in life. And in this episode, I want to dive into the hurts and hangups of church. Now, I'm not going to bash church, but I think we need to address the elephant in the room, that there's problems. And so how do we overcome those problems in traditional church if we want to be someone that goes to church or is involved? Now, I was raised in um, a church that my family has attended for generations. It's a Methodist church. Absolutely love it. I'm still a member there. People are wonderful, etc., etc. I have attended many churches in my life. One, I've moved around. And two, there was a time I just felt like that maybe isn't the church I should be attending. I remember that my grandma told me, make sure you attend a church that preaches the Bible. Now, at the time she told me that, I just kind of thought that wasn't an assumption, like, duh, it's a church. Now, 20-something years later, I realize maybe what she was talking about, because I've experienced that as well in attending churches. But really, there's other things in a church that help us or hurt us. There are hang-ups and hurts in the church world. Sometimes we just don't feel like we fit in when we walk in. It could be our attire. It could be really what we're feeling inside makes us feel like we don't fit in. I know for me, there was a time that I just didn't feel good enough to go to church because I thought that's what you had to feel. I thought that's what you had to be. Or it might be that a church might say, come as you are. But then after maybe you've been there a while, you think, I'm not really sure that's what you meant. I remember a friend saying, that she didn't feel like she could ever go to the front of the church and kneel in prayer um, because if she did, people would think that either she's going through a divorce or she has cancer. Like she felt like there was judgment and just being who she was and going to the front of the church, maybe to kneel and pray. So that's probably something that a lot of us perhaps have experienced, that we really can't be our authentic selves. I want to challenge you and challenge myself that maybe it's not the church per se, but maybe it's something inside of me, my low self-esteem, my my low self-confidence, my low self-worth. Now, I've experienced that, so I I can say that I understand that feeling. That's a somewhat common feeling. When you go to a church, where do I fit in? But maybe the real question is, 
how do I fit in? How do I make myself fit in? Is it a certain way to dress? Is it a certain way to sing songs? If everybody's standing and I'm sitting, does that mean I don't fit in? What if I'm standing and they're sitting? How do I fit in? How do I just walk into a Sunday school or a Bible study when I don't know anybody? Or do I do the Walmart greeting? Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I mean, I think that's, those are all real questions that I think we face. Many churches have small groups. Me personally, this has been a hurt and a hang up for me. I've experienced being in a small group and it really being a click. Or I've experienced being in a small group and it really being gossip. Or I've been in a small group where it really was just a social time. And that wasn't what I was looking for. I've been on the outside thinking, how do I fit in a small group when they all seem to know one another? They all seem to be involved with one another. And I'm the outsider. And I might attend the small group but I'm not really in the small group, if that makes any sense. As I've grown in my life, and and one of the things I've grown to is my heart, my passion is to reach others. And sometimes I sit back and I observe. And one of the things I've observed in church world and small group world is We never go outside of it. We seem to associate with people in our church and with people in our small group. We don't ever really expand those circles. I mean, I'm just going to say we don't really associate with people that might not be Christian. We might talk about how there needs to be improvements in our society and in America and and people need Jesus, but then we don't ever try to include those people in our friend groups. You know, in 2020, there's been a lot of talk about the echo chamber. We surround ourselves with people that have the same belief system. And so we're always hearing things that we want to hear and things that we agree with. And that maybe goes into the next idea that I've thought about, which is accountability. Sometimes we don't want to be challenged in our thoughts. Sometimes we don't want people to stand up to us. Sometimes we don't want people to tell us that we might be making mistakes. Now, I'm not talking judgment and saying that you're wrong for this or that. Let's just pretend out just outside the church world. If you are a good friend of mine and I see you making choices or doing things that I question or that I think maybe this is really detrimental to their mental, emotional, physical well-being, there is a very good chance that I am going to come to you and tell you what you are doing 
is not healthy. I do that because I love my friends. I also expect people that are in that tight circle with me to do the same to me. I've had it happen. I, at one time, would cuss a lot more than what I cuss now, per se. I really try not to cuss, to be honest. But years ago, I had someone tell me that, you know, Jamel, if you're growing in your faith and you want to be in ministry, you want to be someone that can help people and guide people, you might want to clean up your mouth. I'm not really sure that's what God would want from you. So my human reaction was, I'm mad. How dare you? But really, after that, and I let it kind of sink in, I was convicted that they're right. I, I was challenged in my music that I listened to. When my daughter was really young, I used to listen to a lot of country music. And most of it had to do with drinking beer. And I remember hearing my like three-year-old daughter in the back seat sing the line Beer in Mexico from Kenny Chesney's song. And I thought, hmm, yeah, that's not a song my three-year-old should probably be singing. So that's accountability in that if I take it into the church world, that we should have mentors and we should have people kind of guiding us. And we, all of us, all of us, no matter the age, no matter if you've been in church for two months or 20 years, we all should have people mentoring us and guiding us and holding us accountable. I think sometimes that's a hard thing to do. As a leader, it's a hard thing I know for people outside of me to hold me accountable because I'm a leader. I'm very thankful that I have asked people to do that because I know how important it is for me to have people holding me accountable. I know it because I've seen people in leadership roles that are not being held accountable for their actions or their words. I'm not saying if someone makes a mistake, they should be kicked out of church. That's not at all what I'm saying. I think sometimes we have to step back from leadership roles. I think sometimes we have to step away from certain maybe responsibilities to focus on something that we really need to work on. That is godly, but that's also healthy and good. If I'm spending more time doing meaningless work, or I'm spending more time going out with my friends than I am investing in my family, Well, that's not good. I should step back from going out with my friends. I should step back from responsibilities because my family should come above those things. So I think accountability is a big one. I think that small groups and relationships within a church is really 
where a lot of that can happen. It's not a public thing necessarily, but it can be so valuable in a small group setting. We're meant to be in relationship with one another. God created Adam and then decided it wasn't good for him to be alone. So we were created to be in relationship with one another. And there's different layers or different kinds of relationship. They're not all meant to be superficial. Now, I believe in a tight circle, probably because I've been hurt when I trusted people that I couldn't trust or shouldn't trust. But small groups and relationships within a Christian setting are infinitely valuable. But they have to be authentic. They have to be genuine. They need to be reciprocal. Like if I can share and confess something to someone looking for accountability and leadership, then they should be able I, we hope to do the same, to have a few reciprocal relationships. If you're going to hold me accountable, then I need to also be able to hold you accountable. Perhaps that goes right into hypocrisy. People in church are hypocrites. Well, I would have to lean in that we're all in some way or some fashion hypocrites. We might say something and do another. We might preach something, but not follow it. Now, I hope that doesn't actually come from a pastor per se. It might be, you know, something that I've had people share and I've experienced might be, well, the church has the belief that you can't drink or you shouldn't drink. And yet I know there's leaders in the church that are drinkers, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah, that's kind of a problem. You know, maybe they should rethink what they're telling. I'm not saying it's right or wrong either way. I'm just saying kind of comes across bad. Or, you know, churches need donations to survive. They call it tithing where you might think, but what are they doing with that money? Where's it going? Or maybe if someone is preaching, I'm using the word preaching now in quotes, preaching that we should be giving and how to manage our finances. And yet I happen to have knowledge that they're not real good at that. I mean, yeah, that's kind of hypocrisy, right? You know, my daughter, even on a more simple note, she was saying the other day that, you know, when you're a kid and you're more in your most formidable years, you have parents that are in their 20s and 30s. And they might not be making good choices, but their kids are watching them. Boy, isn't that the truth? Our kids watch what we do. They hear what we say, and they can put two and two together pretty easily. 
I don't know. I think that's something that's personal that we have to look out for. I think it falls right in line with accountability. I think it, you know, it's kind of like that image thing and we shouldn't be worried about our image, but if I'm, if I'm wanting to be a part of a body of believers, then I, I want to know that what I'm seeing and hearing lines up publicly and privately. I think about how some of this might lead to the discussion of we want, we want to be filled and fed and things to kind of be making us better. Or do we go to church to help feed others? I think it's a little bit of both. There's no perfect church in the world. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect anything in this world, this world. So I think, yes, you want to be fed, but, you know, hopefully there might come a time that you want to be a part of a church and help in the feeding of others. You know, the idea of church is not a building, but a place a place or a way for people to meet together to grow spiritually. And then as you grow, you are growing to where you now are not as much seeking as you are feeding others. So you're kind of on a continuum of sorts. We want to grow spiritually so then we can help the next person, right? I mean... Yeah, we want to keep growing so that we can help someone else that maybe is like us, was like us. We can't forget where we came from. And I think it's important to be plugged in and to be always learning and always knowledge is power. Learning should be a lifetime. So we should be pushing ourselves. I don't think... Our goal is to go to church and to sit there and let someone speak at us and then we leave and we can check it off our list. I'm not saying that's bad necessarily, but I'm not really sure that was the meaning of church in the beginning. The meaning was to grow and there was some personal responsibility in that. I really think what it comes down to is relationships and it doesn't matter if it's church or work, you know, your neighborhood, we're looking for authentic relationships where we can be ourselves, where people are honest, where people don't just say they care, but they actually do care, where we can grow, we can be real and it's reciprocal. I remember once in ministry going to a place to do some service work in, and this group was majority not churchgoers, okay? And someone said to me, I don't just want to be a project. We don't want to just be a project to make someone else feel good about themselves that they helped me. So that reciprocal relationship, authentic, 
so important. Accountability, so important. That when something's rubbing you the wrong way, you have a way to communicate that and relationship isn't hurt because of that. We should be able to be honest with one another and grow together. This is not easy. It's not easy outside of the church world and it's not easy in the church world. I am still growing, but I know it's good for me to have a mentor over me. It's good for me to have a pastor. It's good for me to have a group of believers around me. I, for a long time, was church homeless because of being hurt within a body of believers. And I decided I'm not going to do it anymore. I can be a good Christian and not go to church. I did that for years. And now I'm making steps I'm I, that I'm committed to a church, per se, And I have pastor help over all of this. So I want to be someone that can help you if you're finding yourself in that homeless category. So if any of you can relate to that, I mean, I would love to have your input. I would love to hear some of the struggles and we can go through these struggles together. I also want to encourage you that I want to do an episode on other questions you might have in regards to church or growing in faith. Feel free to find me on my social media, jamelgodlewski.com. On my website, there is a way to contact me personally as well. And as we go on from here, Number one, and my priority is to love God, love myself, so I can love others, but I'd love to have fun. Until next time. <laughs>